Hey there. Ever wonder what happens to all those amazing screenplays that never make it to the big screen? Wonder no more. Welcome to Table Read Podcast, where we bring those undiscovered gems to life. Picture this. Talented actors giving incredible performances with the occasional laugh or blooper thrown in, produced by award-winning pros. From drama to comedy, TV pilots to feature films, there's something for everyone. And guess what? We release new episodes every week, so don't forget to hit that subscribe button. Table Read Podcast, where great stories finally get their chance to shine. Wednesday. It is hump day. That means it is Awkward Sex in the City new episode release day, which means you're here with me and Awkward Sex in the City. I don't know why I pause like that. Um, it is a solo episode today because I do love the sound of my own voice. Um, and I have a bad habit of waiting till last minute to book. Uh, and even with all this time, I never learn. I went outside yesterday with like a to-go biking without sunblock and Aaron was like, it's so funny how you like never learn because this is what I did as a child too. And we get blistering sunburns, um, like the size of quarters. Uh, it was awful and, it, but it was my fault. I was just being lazy and I just did, I, yesterday I just did not feel like putting on sunblock and it was also like a very perfect day and it wasn't too hot and the bike loop in Prospect Park is like mostly shaded. So I was like, it's fine. It's fine. And you know what? I didn't fucking get sunburn. Um, and I am so pale. I am your pale hostess with hemosis. I don't tan. I get sunburn. It's red. And then it goes right back to like this like pink tinge in my, uh, my, my skin tone. Um, no one cares. Who cares? I don't even care. It's fine. Uh, first off though, thank you guys for coming back. Uh, while you're here, while you're on Apple iTunes or Apple podcasts, cause they split iTunes and podcasts. I don't even fucking know anymore. Um, rate, like, subscribe, review, and share with your friends. There's like a little dot, dot, dot. And it's like copy link. On top of liking and reviewing and sharing, I do have very fun news uh, for me. I don't know about for you. I started a Patreon uh, because your girl would like to get paid uh, and not have to do uh, retail ever again. And, you know, just like live the dream off of like my brain and my art. Um, And real quick... No, no pressure. Awkward Zags and City will always be a free podcast, a free podcast to download. All that comes with the Patreons are perks, right? Uh, maybe you just want to support. That's cool. You'll get shout outs. You'll get uh, emails. Maybe you want a little bit more. That means you'd get like discounts on live shows whenever live shows are a thing again. Cannot truly wait. Um, do you want to learn how to tell a story? There's that. I can give you lessons. Blah, 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 blah. Am I selling myself? Well, no, that's okay. I've never been that good at it. I'm learning though to just be like, but this is what it is. Do it. So if you want, after you rate and you like and you subscribe and you share with your friends, go on to Patreon and, you know, support your girl if you want to, if you have the funds to. Again, there is absolutely no fucking pressure. I get it. But if you want to, I love it. Cool. Great. Awesome. So we're going to start the episode. Um, And I'm not going to lie don't know what this episode is going to be about. Um, obviously a lot is happening still. Um, 
sad, sad shit. Protesters being murdered um, and the right seeming totally fine with that. Uh, per usual, like this isn't new. We lost Black Panther um, to colon cancer. And I do want to talk about that a little bit. Colon cancer does run in my family. And this, for me, I don't know if you agree. I don't know if I'm, no, I'm not crazy. This is how I feel. Um, this year in particular has really highlighted like how fucked up like America is, like how, like how little we receive in help, um, even though we do pay taxes, um, how fucked up our healthcare system is, uh, how people get denied shit. Um, people get denied tests and a lot of these tests would catch things way earlier and would stop a lot of uh, death. Uh, let's get right to it. Would would stop a lot of death. And so, like I said, colon cancer runs in my family. Um, and because of that, I have like the golden ticket, right? All I have to say, like every time I've been like, I want a colonoscopy, the doctors look me up and down and go, you're too young. And I go, cool. Uh, it was in my dad at 30 and they found it at 40. And they were like, got it. Here you go. Here's everything you need, blah, 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 blah. So I have the golden ticket. Um, but I, I've i totally said this in the past. I take my gut health very, very, health, like very importantly or very seriously. Uh, and that is like that. It's also like a privilege, right? All of these things are a privilege. I am a white woman. It is easier to get what I need from a doctor as a white woman than it would be for any other race as a woman, um, or and any other race that isn't white. And that's obviously not okay. This isn't okay. It's part of the reason why I like burn it all fucking down, because no one should be denied any type of of medical care. Uh, you're <laughs> Your fucking health insurance should not be tied to your goddamn job uh, as we watch millions of people lose their health care uh, because they get la got laid off by all these fucking companies. Um, the, the, I guess what I wanted to say was like, I, I, I want you guys to take colon cancer seriously too. Um, it used to be that the average age when doctors would recommend you to start getting tested for colonoscopies was 50. I think they're starting to lower it to 40 because it is popping up in young adults more and more. Um, they kind of keep an eye on colon cancer, uh, things. My dad, my dad just had, uh, we, let me back up. We were very lucky. Um, like I said, uh, they caught it in my dad at 40, but, the doctors think they had it in his body since he was 30, but it was just such a slow growing cancer um, that was only at stage two when they caught it. And truly, uh, when I got my first colonoscopy, the doctor, my dad was there and the doctor was like going over like, I, I don't know, like his, his, my dad's history. And the doctor literally said to my father, you should be dead right now. Like, what? Um, so anyways, I got a colonoscopy. My first one was at age, age, um, 20. I was either 20 or like I had just turned 21. Um, and I've talked about this. I know I've talked about my first colonoscopy on the podcast. So I'm not going to put you through that again. Don't worry. But so my dad had his, I think now he's down to like every five years, he used to have to get a colonoscopy every year and he got a colonoscopy and they found a polyp. 
And you know what happens? They just, you know, take the polyp out and it's gone. But when people are like denied these tests, the polyps grow and grow and grow and then turn into a bigger cancer. And then maybe it's now like in other organs of your body or it's in your lymph nodes. This like not good. Um, so get a colonoscopy, just do it. And I'm only speaking about colonoscopies and colon cancer because I just have like personal experience with it. And I just feel, um, as if I have like a little bit more information on it than maybe you do. Um, but this like, no, it just shouldn't happen to anyone. It's so sad that we lost him so young. I mean, it's just like so many things, right? Like are tied to this death that like, you know, colon cancer, the highest rates of colon cancer are in black men. And it's very much because they get denied testing. People aren't taken seriously by their doctors because racism exists in hospitals, as we can all see. <sighs> there, oh God, this, this was like a really hard one. Um, this is a really hard one. It just, it just really highlighted like so many things, like so many things wrong, right? Like to be honest, when I, when they were uh, reporting that like he didn't tell anyone about it, my first question was, did he not tell Marvel because he knew they wouldn't cast him? This whole idea that like insurance gets denied or is much higher when you have a quote unquote pre-existing condition, which is literally like life or death. Then what the point? What is the point of of healthcare then if it just gets denied? And I remember I read like some BuzzFeed like seventeen things Europeans find weird about Americans, um, which one fair, but one of them was like why Americans don't go to the hospital for things, and they're right. Like majority of us don't go to the hospital when we should because we know it's going to cost too much um, because we don't have health insurance. And that is a terrible, terrible system. And it's why I stopped uh, supporting Elizabeth Warren when she backed away from Medicare for All. I was like, no, go fuck yourself. I mean, all of them suck. Uh, but I was just furious. Like, uh, we can't deny people a basic right, human right. Um, and I'm not going to be made to feel bad for thinking people deserve basic human rights, that everyone deserves basic human rights. Um Another thing that popped into my brain when when we all collectively found out Saturday night uh, that he had passed away was that thinness has nothing to do with health. It doesn't. Thin people, quote unquote, healthy looking people get cancer all the fucking time. And people will sit there and tell you it's your diet and it's this and it's that. And it's not. I mean, maybe diet can help sometimes, like can slow down a process. But like, y'all, if colon cancer is in my genes, like if it's in my DNA, like I'm getting colon cancer. I just hope that I'm, you know, proactive enough and I have health insurance to catch it in time before it gets too bad. Same with breast cancer. Um, and so for people to sit there and be like, Bleh, you're, if you're if you're fat, you're unhealthy and health. It's just they they're they aren't equal. They're not synonymous. It's a lie that we've been taught uh, forever. It's uh, fatphobic. It's racist. It's uh, 
it's all the phobias, right? It's so fucked up. Um, and I'm saying this as someone who currently weighed herself this morning and was upset at the the number that she saw because it is so ingrained in our bodies, especially women, to fit this certain, hit this certain weight, look this certain way. Like, you know, I've definitely, I've, since 2014, I have gained like 40 pounds. And, but I'm also privileged in where I've gained the weight, right? Like I still have like an hourglass figure, which is what is perceived as like the beauty standard. And like, where does that come from? Um, it comes from racism. Um, it's, it's so hard to get yourself out of that. I currently am like kind of like the most active I've been in years. Like I do yoga on a daily basis. I've like never done yoga on a daily basis. Um, me and Aaron like walk like five ma- five miles a day, like almost every day uh, because like we don't walk anymore because we're in our apartments so much. Um, and I would say, I would say I probably averaged around like four miles walking um, every day before the pandemic. You're just, you're just in a walking city. Like walking is like really good for you. Um, yeah. Like I biked like five miles yesterday and then I walked five miles yesterday and I gained weight and I was furious. And then I had to be like, Nellie, why the fuck are you mad? Like you're healthy. You eat super well. And like, most likely my weight gain is from my IUD and the meds that I'm on for my migraines. And I don't have migraines anymore though. I did get one yesterday. The one, okay. This is like an aside, but, and I don't know if other people go through this with migraines, but when they were bad, um, I wouldn't exercise because exercising would make them worse. And my neurologist was like, I know, but you need to push through because your body's going to get used to these movements, to this exercise. And it's going, the more you exercise, the better it is for your migraines. That's part of the reason why I do yoga. Like yoga for some reason is like really good for migraines and I can like actively feel the difference. Um, and like, that's why I'm doing it not to lose weight, but to like take care of my body. Um, where is I going with this? But so yesterday I like did more than I normally do biking. Like I pushed myself biking and like immediately got a migraine for like the rest of the day. And I was just like, just remember, like it's going to go away and it's good for like your body's getting used to it. Um, and it did, it went away. Um, I'm fine today. I used to get like terrible migraines like the next day from, from exercise. And it was just like, why? Um, anywho, this isn't anything that I thought the podcast was going to be about, but that happens all the time with solo episodes. So fun. I mean, not that I'm like, sorry, that's my bed. Not that I'm like speaking into a void, but like I'm saying all these things and I don't have any solutions, right? I'm just I'm just pointing out the obvious. Our healthcare system is fucked. America is fucked. Uh, Our situation with the police is fucked. Like I'm reading uh, Asada Shakur's autobiography, who I didn't even know who she was until the book was given to me by Cafe Con Libros in their their book subscription. And basically what's, she was part of the Black Panther Party and uh, she gets arrested after being pulled over um, by the Jersey police on the Jersey turnpike. And it's just the shit that they do to her. And she, they try to pin it on her that she shot first so that the, the group in the car shot first. And it's obviously not the case. Um, but just like, 
she goes on and goes into like, you know, kids being killed at like 10, 11, 12, 16 um, by police. And this is back in 1973. It's like it never, it nothing has changed with the police in America. And I think that's something that like we white people need to like finally realize like 2020 isn't this like weird cursed year. It's just this year that because we were forced to pause, we can't, we finally can't look away. And we have to one, admit that we were looking the other way. And I say this not to absolve myself. I say this as a white woman to just like show other like white women, like you can like be part of the problem, but like once you learn the truth, you have to be part of the solution. And that like we suck in a lot of ways, even if you're not a a quote unquote Karen. Um, White feminism is a huge issue. How we've silenced people and women of any other race that's not white. It's how are we now a part of the solution? How are we working towards um, full equality? And that I'm just saying it to be like, look, it's like, it's like the first step is admitting that you are the problem, that you have a problem. And our problem is racism. There's no way, there's no way that any of us haven't been racist. I mean, just the fact of living within such a racist system and looking the other way is huge, a huge, huge problem. And I did it too. It's okay to admit it. And I think the more that we're open about about being on the wrong side, um, whether it was through ignorance or through through knowing and just looking the other way, like, we can't move forward until we look inside of ourselves and admit the truth and do a lot of self-reflection. And, and we always say like doing the work, but like that's such a fucking vague thing to say. And I think now that's just like the new thing people say. It's like, oh, I'm, I'm doing the work. Um, we need to stay away from that. It's basically... Um, me and Khalid talked about it a couple episodes ago. Like it's what we wanted men to do, right? To look inside themselves and to do a lot of inner work to get to another side so that we could be heard and listened. And it's what's being asked of us now and has been asked of us for a long time. So let's fucking do it. Let's show up. I feel like this is just like me like lecturing you and <laughs> I'm so sorry. I don't want to lecture. Um, a lot of the times when I do these solo episodes is a lot of like self-exploring for myself as well, taking you on that journey. And it's um, intimidating and it's a little also freeing at the same time, but it's very vulnerable. And again, like the solo episodes chart well. And so thank you. Thank you for listening. Um, there will be more stories. There will be more sex. We are starting to talk more about sex and whatnot, um, and dating. And I know like the first, I have not listened to the solo episodes from March and April. I kind of don't want to. (laughs) I know they're dark. Um, it was a very dark time in my life and in New York city's life. 
And with the impending school year coming up and like there's no solutions, there's kind of this like cloud or like this like aura of are we just, is is this going to be where the second wave starts that everyone's told us about? And we have no answers. We don't know. We still get, and New York City gets on average about 300 new cases a day, which is much better than like the 12,000, 18,000, I think, cases we were getting um, at our peak in April. And to be honest, I'm shocked that our, our percentages have stayed very low throughout this whole summer. Um, like back in April and, and March and even May, I was very anti like leaving the house. Like we can't do that. We can't do that to people. I am outside a lot more now for sure. Um, I have friends that I, I hang out with outside. No one hangs out inside. Um, I haven't gotten in a car with friends, but we've all worn masks the whole time. Um, so obviously, as more information and more facts have come out, my stance on things have changed. And it's it's been very... The summer in New York, while not anything like we thought it would be... Um, has still been like very poetic and like very beautiful in the way that New York is so New York. And there's all these think pieces about New York being dead. And it's about people that are, it's why people that fucking are worth like $40 million or like fucking live in Connecticut. And that's not New York. That never was. Um, And just like in true New York fashion, they've, it's just found a way to be alive still. And it's really cool. And it's really inspiring and it's very it's like this breath of fresh air of just like well if the city can do it like I can do it too though one thing that is hard is well there's a lot of things that are hard um businesses are shuttering left and right like small businesses because of course why would why would Cuomo and de Blasio do their fucking job or um the federal government you know aid these businesses who knows um I don't know. It's if you're, I was telling Aaron, it's infuriating to watch um, the arts and restaurants just be left out, like on this, like, like on a raft boat in the middle of this, like, in the middle of the sea during like a goddamn like hurricane. When that is what truly makes New York, right? Like, no one comes here for the financial district except to see that fucking bull statue with the girl, um, which honestly is overrated. Uh, you don't you don't come down for that. You come down to see plays. You come down to see co- or up to see comedy, to eat at these five star restaurants, to live in this culture of art and like diversity and 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 just so to watch like the governor and the mayor of your city totally turn a blind eye and be like figure it out. Um, it's just like fuck you, man. Like what? What do you want from us? Um, but what I what I was saying was it's the 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 first exodus has happened, which was like all the rich people, right? They were like, I don't want to be here for the pandemic. Um, which you know what? Not I hate them, but I, I see where they're coming from. Like I cannot stress to you enough how scary <laughs> April 
March and April were <laughs> so fucking scary. Um, it truly didn't stop feeling scary until about June, like June 1st. And I'm not, I'm not trying to be a Debbie Downer, I promise. Um, I just like, it's almost like prepping you guys. Like we just hit 6 million cases and we're so numb to it. We're over 180,000 dead, like preventable deaths. Like a lot of deaths in New York City were preventable. And I don't just blame Trump. I blame de Blasio and I blame Cuomo. Like a lot of like just inept leadership. Um, I just don't want you to be caught off guard. And I don't want... I don't want it to happen to you guys or to another state, even though it is already happening to other states. And then like watching the schools has been really hard, especially college where it's just like, it's just so dumb. They're like all brought, like, I don't know if you guys saw, but like University of Alabama just like announced like a thousand cases with their students. And it's just like, we told you, don't do this, but don't get me like, don't get me wrong. New York is not any better. There's an outbreak at a SUNY college right now, which is the state of New York. It's so much. I'm, you know what? I think I'm just kind of nervous. You know, tomorrow I'm recording on August 31st. Tomorrow is September. Um, we're getting close to fall, and the summer was a really nice break for New York. And I hope we can keep it going. I don't know. I don't know what the other side looks like. Like I said, I'm. I watch the numbers every day. I get my my um, stats on New York from Gothamist. And that we've stayed level so much as so much has opened up with like outdoor dining and just like, like when I was in the park, like both times yesterday, it was packed. But again, it was also because it was like, it was truly like one of the most perfect days like ever in the city. It's been like so like goddamn hot and humid, but it was like, a, it's hot, but not too hot. Um but that there hasn't been like a crazy spike in, in cases is, you know, kind of crazy. Um, one, also, I'm okay. I have gotten a few like emails being like, are you okay? I'm okay. The episodes you're listening to are in April and I was being very real. Um, and I'm, I think that's like my thing is like being real. Um, I was just being very like honest with you guys. I think, I think people wanted to hear it. Um, I think there, I think there is like, eh, I don't know. There's this like weird energy of like, oh no, is our like vacation ending uh, from coronavirus? I, I don't know. Um, I do know people that still don't leave their house. Um, they've been very scarred by it. It's, <laughs> this whole year has been so eye-opening in so many different ways. And if you've gotten the time, if you've had the time to like, do a lot of inner work like I have. Um, it, it, in the end of the day, I'm like, thank God. Um, I see like my old me. Um, do you guys think we're going to get a vaccine? <laughs> I don't know. I I don't know. I think we're going to have to like write those out like the Spanish flu. I don't know. My other question is like, are we in the first wave still? Or are we seeing the second wave now? I don't know. 
I do wonder, we are still losing like 1,500 people a day. But I am kind of shocked the number isn't higher. And so I'm kind of wondering, like, did it mutate again? Like, is it just, it's more um, easily, it's more easily transmitted, but less lethal? I don't know. I am not a scientist. I am never going to pretend like I'm a scientist. I'm learning with you guys. Don't uh, think that I think I know more than you. Absolutely fucking not. I would love to turn this episode around now and and make it about sex. Uh, I'm literally just like thinking about the sex we had this week. We had really good sex this week. Again, I truly, we, I 100% will admit we were in a rut. And if you are too, just just do something new, just something slightly new. Like we, <laughs> it should be fine. Uh, like we had sex in front of the mirror this week. Um, super hot. We randomly have like three mirrors in our bedroom. One is like so cheap. It's like, it was like $9 at Walmart. And I bought it when I moved up to the city. And it's one of those, like, like it's almost like plexiglass. Like if you're looking at it from a different angle, it makes you look really skinny or then it makes you look really fat. Who cares? Um, but we had sex in front of it and it was great. Um, I don't remember the other sex. We've just had like a lot of sex this week. Let me just like rub it in your face again. And we just had like a lot of sex this week. Um, I miss dressing up. I'm looking at my closet. I'm seeing a lot of things that I wore. I miss that. I don't miss babysitting, though there is a good chance that I might have to go back to babysitting. Oh my God, guys. Oh my God. Okay. It's not about sex, but it's hilarious. I There's a good chance that after... Unemployment's weird. Um, and if you're in New York, feel free to email me. I have talked to my accountant about what... Supposedly, it can be extended to like 59 weeks in New York. Um, it's different state by state. You'd have to look for your state. Um and there's like certain things that your state has to qualify for to get like extended unemployment. But New York does qualify because there's millions of us without jobs right now. But it's so confusing. So like I'm currently on unemployment. And so I'm not to make a new, not to file a new request. I don't know what you call it. Claim, oh, claims, not to file a new claim. I literally have to let my unemployment like like just end, like go to all like all the way to week twenty six, and then the next week see if I get more unemployment. If they like reload me with like new days, it's so confusing. So you basically it's like this weird waiting game. So I've just been like, all right, Natalie, you might have to go back to babysitting. Um, and I'm saying like within my neighborhood because. I just, I don't want to get in the subway right now. Anywho, I have been reading some of these fucking job postings. And honestly, they're so bad. They're so, they're hilarious. One person's like looking for like a live-in nanny for, um, for like 
either shift, like the morning or afternoon shift. One was like, we're looking for a virtual babysitter that can like keep our kids uh, satisfied for three hours straight in front of the computer. You know what could keep them satisfied three hours straight in front of a screen? Fucking Blue's Clues, bitch. Like just, uh, it's crazy. I almost want to apply for the virtual one because they were like arts and crafts, but like nothing too messy that it gets too messy like on our side and just like blah, 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 blah. Or you have people that it's like live in and they're like, we want them to live right next to us. They cannot go into a subway. They cannot be around other people. They must take COVID seriously. They must wear a mask inside with us. They must wear a mask with their lover or whoever they are living with because we don't want COVID. And it's like, bitch, no, you don't get to, like, I understand this is like a little different. Like it's a fucking pandemic, but you don't get to tell your help uh, how to live their goddamn lives. Um, and don't like, and I get it. Like, I get it. Like I'd have no problem wearing a mask inside. I'd, but the thing is I would want them to wear masks too. And they wouldn't. And that's the problem. That's the discrepancy. And that is why babysitting is so such bullshit sometimes. Um, it's crazy. I actually turned down a job that was like a five minute walk from my apartment. Like I know the building they live in. Um, and they seem chill. They seem chill. They were the most chill that I've seen so far in this whole like situation. And I was like, cool, I'm going to be on vacation from Tuesday to Sunday and we can talk after that. And they texted me on Saturday and I was like, nope, you're not respecting my time at all. And that is a major red flag and I'm walking away. Um, but it's just been fucking hilarious. And I've actually decided to wait because like I said earlier, like we have no clue what's going on with um, schools. De Blasio has no idea. This little bitch actually finally just said they can, like schools can use outdoor space, but that the schools have to figure it out. That He said that last week and allegedly kids are going back to school September 10th. So you are such a little bitch. I hate you so much, De Blasio. Um, I feel like this has just become a rant of, of what's it like? In this city right now, there's music everywhere. I live I live close to Prospect Park, and every evening at the top of Prospect Park, there is a band that plays like every day. And then at the boathouse, there's this really cool band that plays like every night until like midnight. And people come and watch and like dance. When this pandemic is over, if you have not been, you have to go to New York. There is no place like it. There really isn't. And I know I'm biased, but I've wanted to live here since I was 13. And now I've lived here nine years and I don't, I don't want anything else still, even in a goddamn pandemic, even when we were the global epicenter, I cannot picture myself anywhere else still. This this city like will destroy you. It will eat you up. It'll spit you out, and you will come out a better person every time. And I've had the city thrown in my face a lot. Um, I have definitely changed in the nine years that I've been here. I am definitely I'm, I'm I liberals aren't liberals anymore, right? Like the like liberals are basically centrist. Democrats are basically centrist now. Um, so I'm definitely like just like on the left, uh, like I've said in the past, like a, dem- like a, a, it's called democratic socialist. Um, and I'm also just saying this too, like if you, if you go through this by like, 
something my my parents loved to say was that like the city changed you. <laughs> and and it hurts so much. It hurts so much for so long cuz you know, you're you're growing, right? But you still want to see your mom and your dad as like your mommy and daddy. That sounded sexual in the way that I did not want it to. Um you don't want choices that you make in your life to be perceived as bad. And that's what it felt like. It felt like I was getting like ganged up on um, by my family. I don't talk about this much actually on the podcast for because for a long time I was like, if I don't talk about it, it's not real. And now it's also like, then it turned into like, I don't want to like hurt them. But it's funny, right? Like they hurt me so much. Um, and just like, you know, having a therapist and like learning what that means and it's like all on them and not on you and learning to not feel bad like I don't feel bad anymore but if you do if you have with like you know politics are you know in everyday conversation as they should be and if you have like family that are um opposite or think way differently than you and uh it's funny how much people want to try to hurt you to make you agree with them and so just kind of like what I was saying, when it was thrown in my face, like, oh, the city's changed you, it's changed you. They made it seem like I was like the literal devil when in reality, the city changed me to care more about people that I don't know and be more empathetic and want basic human rights for every person in the world. And like, that's, I find that like fucking hilarious now that someone, someone close to me would try to make me feel bad about caring about people like goddamn I'm so sad that you haven't changed um and I don't know I don't know if that just comes with like growth or or what like where that turn came from I mean definitely therapy um I don't know I don't know are you guys going through that or are you having like rough realizations about your family um I had a friend that was on Twitter being like, just so sad about how how much their parents, her parents, their parents like Trump. And it was very similar. Like, she was just like, I'm so disappointed in that you like Trump. <laughs> and they're like, we're, we're disappointed that you don't. And it's just like, do you not see the difference? Like, what you're arguing? I don't know. People are dumb. I guess all boomers should be in fucking therapy. I think if therapy was like required, not that it should be required, but God, therapy is amazing. I love it so much. I have, I have therapy in like four hours and I actually don't know what I'm going to talk about. <laughs> I always say that. I was like, I don't, I read, <laughs> my therapy session always starts the same way via the phone. She'll, uh, she'll call. I'm like, hi, how are you? And she's like, I'm well. How are you doing this week? And I'm like, I'm doing pretty well. And all things considered, she was like, mm-hmm, all things considered. Like I say that every fucking time. And then I'll be like, I don't know what to talk about this week. And she'll be like, mm hmm, okay. I feel like you do. Um, and I always have something to talk about. Do it, do therapy. Therapies are the best. Um, there is literally no sex in this episode. Uh, <laughs> My advice is to masturbate. 
last week was very hard. There's a good chance this week will be hard too. And, you know, just take up some space. Say no to friends. Feel free to reevaluate your friendships. Um, maybe it's time to let some people go. It's a hard one too. I'm learning that too as I as I go through this pandemic that like there's definitely some friendships in my life that um were toxic. And me toxic too. Like we just weren't good for each other. And I think that's hard, but I also think it's a really good lesson. Um, and it's growth. And that we don't need anyone. Do you know what I mean? Like I think we put a lot of um, importance, I just burp, sorry guys, a lot of value into our friendships as we should. But I think there sometimes can be this like feast or famine like idea with it of just like, if we're not like the best of the friends in the world, we are the worst of the friends. And it can also just be like, oh, maybe like, like just like romantic relationships, like platonic relationships, you know, have their ebbs and flows and sometimes they end. And I think I talked about this with Kines. Um, I used to always blame myself. And it's pretty liberating to find out like, oh, it's not always you. I mean, were you a part of it? Yeah, there's a good chance of that. Or maybe that person's going through shit. And maybe you don't need to go through that shit with them. And you wish them the best of luck and that they're happy and that they're okay. But Maybe their drain was just too draining on you. And you're not selfish for saying that. Especially if it's someone that's not willing to meet you halfway or explain where they're coming from, if they just kind of ice you out. Um, ask yourself, do you need that in your life? What good has it brought you? I think it's important that we ask ourselves these questions in platonic relationships just as mass, just as much as we do in romantic relationships. And that you're not selfish and you're not crazy for wanting to do that. You're not crazy for holding your friends to a high standard. Make sure you're not holding them to an unachievable high standard, which is something that I have definitely done in the past. <clears throat> Excuse me as I lose my voice. Um, I've definitely done that. And that's also not okay. Like I said, like with this like endless amount of time of like self-reflection and and learning and growth, like it will also show you like your toxic habits. I have a very bad habit of trying to save, quote unquote, or help people. No one needs to be saved. You can help them if they explicitly ask for it, but why are you putting all this energy into something that one, they might not have even asked for, and two, you have no right to assume someone needs something like that. It's important to step back and be like, oh, this is also not okay. And something, I'm gonna end with this. I I had some shit happen last week um, that hurt personally, and I'm not gonna go into that. But I asked my therapist, like, are people aware of like how much their actions hurt people or their lack of actions hurt people? people that allegedly they care a lot about. And she was just kind of like, it depends on the person. If they're curious, then yeah, they'll change. But that means a lot. That means that they're you know, looking within and asking, why did I do that? Why does this make me feel that way? And the thing is, a lot of people 
never do that. And I've learned that the people that I have let go of in my life were actually never self-reflective. And a lot of them, I think, to this day still aren't. I don't know if that's something you can learn or if it's in it's something inherited, inherited. If that makes sense. I don't know. But I will end on that and just the idea of like we should <laughs> This, this podcast went on some journeys that we should be constantly, I was going to say aware, but we should, it, we should be looking at our platonic relationships as much as we look at our romantic relationships. And we should be looking at our role in both of them. And is it supportive or is it toxic? Because a lot of times like, a toxic relationship doesn't mean it was one-sided toxicness. It can be you too. And I think learning that like, like I said earlier in this episode, it's okay to be like a part of the problem. But once you realize that you're part of the problem, once you've like figured that out, like you can't not be a part of the solution or otherwise you've learned nothing. I hope that makes sense. I hope this episode wasn't a lot of word vomit to you. I hope you liked it. Um, I love constant appreciation and validation. So that being said, please go like, subscribe, rate, review. Thank you for being here. Keep washing your hands. Keep wearing your masks outside. Keep closing the toilet lid when you uh, flush because, you know, germs come out. Um, And thank you. Thank you again for just kind of letting me talk and do this. Sometimes I need it. Sometimes I need it more than I realize it. So thank you. I appreciate you. I hope you appreciate me too because you know I love it. Um, Again, thank you guys. And remember the Patreon if you want to. I love it. Thank you. Okay, bye. See you guys next week.